I'm Daniel from Victoria, British Columbia. Hey, I'm Dan from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I'm Ed from Westchester, Pennsylvania. The Sound of Young America is produced independently and supported by listeners like you and me. You should support the show like I did. Just visit MaximumFun.org slash donate. It's the Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. Uh, We like to think that the Sound of Young America is a sort of guidebook to the world of things that are worth your time. And in that spirit, once a month, we welcome the folks from the AV Club onto our show to give us a few pop culture picks for things that you should check out. It's fall. That means there's a new television season. And so we've invited Todd Vanderwerf, the TV editor of the AV Club, and Eric Adams, the assistant TV editor of the AV Club, onto our show to talk about the new fall television season. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. Hello. Hello. Todd, Eric, you guys are both TV critics. And we've asked you to present picks based on as little as... 90 minutes or actually considering commercials 40 or 60 minutes of television it must be incredibly challenging to have to have an opinion about something uh that's that if successful will last for literally as much as i don't know 100 hours or 150 hours um based on what essentially is three percent of it yeah, it's uh, it's basically fortune telling. It's, it's <laughs> prognostication. I mean, everybody who's a TV critic has their picks. Like I, I remember, I gave the Thirty Rock pilot a pretty good review when everybody was riding on it, and I said this is this is not a good pilot, but I think Alec Baldwin and Tina Fey, I think there's a show there, and I was right about that. But I also was really excited about Brothers and Sisters, and we all know how that turned out. So you know, you could be wrong about stuff, but it's it's just. It's all about saying, is there an element in this show that could turn into a good show? Or, you know, is there an element in this show that bodes poorly for the future? It's very rare to have a show like Lost or The Sopranos or or something like that that just arrives and announces itself and says, I am a good television show. So there were these two period dramas um, on the network schedules this year, Pan Am and The Playboy Club. They were sort of the pre- premier buzz shows of the season one of them is already canceled um the other one is pan am so this is from uh, a writer jack orman who's uh, well known for his work on er and it's about the pilots and stewardesses working on what was once the greatest airline in the world um the star of this is christina ricci who has been starring in sort of direct-to-DVD indie films for a few years now. So in this clip from the show, one of Ricci's fellow flight attendants has just noticed that one of her former flames is a passenger. Ricci sees the co-worker come back to the service area of the plane and take a big swig out of a champagne bottle. Thirsty? An American man would say something, no? Depends on the subject. Family in row five and six. He's married. Oh, well, did you ask? No, I don't care. I was only surprised. Oh, well, good. Okay, that's very French of you. <laughs> Should we spike his food or his drink? Both. So, Eric, what do you think? Uh, what do you think about Pan Am? Oh, uh, Pan Am is is really great escapist drama uh i think the playboy club's main problem was that it 
it spent the three episodes that made it to air positing that working at the Playboy Club was somehow this proto-feminist statement that uh, wearing this bunny costume was somehow very empowering. And while Pan Am, that's kind of the subtext to uh, the four stewardesses' reasons for being Pan Am employees, never really comes out and says it or or beats you over the head with it like Playboy Club kind of did. Uh, it's a fun drama that uh, takes you back to a, a period that had a lot of excitement. There's a lot of different elements uh, going on within the show. One of these stewardesses is uh, secretly a spy, and she sort of carries out these missions for the CIA uh, through her transatlantic flights. Uh, and that's kind of fun. It seems like one of the advantages of this show, from your perspective, is one of the classic advantages of episodic television, which is it gives us a place that we want to visit once a week. Yeah, definitely. And the scenes that take place on the plane look great. The fashions are awesome. It's just, it's a, it's a great show to look at. And also it's, it's an escape from our often dreary, dull and terrifying world that we live in today. Let's talk about Homeland. Um, this is a, a show that's airing Sundays on Showtime. It just started at the beginning of the month. Um, it is a, a psychological thriller developed by Howard Gordon and Alex Gansa. Uh, it stars Claire Danes, who folks know from uh, television past. She's a CIA officer who is suspicious about a sort of returning hero Marine. She thinks that he may have been turned. Um, and in this scene from the show, uh, she is explaining to her superior, who's played by uh, Mandy Patinkin, or the Patink, as I like to call him, <laughs> um, who is the boss of the CIA in the program, and trying to trying to explain to him that she thinks that this returning hero might be actually a, 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 an, an Al-Qaeda operative. Sergeant Brody's due home from Germany tomorrow morning, which gives us just under 22 hours. To do what? To authorize a surveillance package, to tap his phones, wire his house, follow him wherever he goes. David will never sign off on that, you know it. Well, of course he won't. The White House needs a poster boy for the war, and David just served him up on a platter. That's why I'm coming to you. I'm not going over his head, not on a hunch. But if I'm right, if he is a terrorist, we need eyes and ears on Brody from the minute he steps off that plane. Never happened. But out of the question. Carrie. All right, fine. What, what do I have to do? Prove that the safe house lead was planted. Or at least give me reason to doubt its authenticity. I'm in the penalty box, Saul. I'm 5,000 miles away from my contacts. I, I can't collect intelligence from behind a desk. Find a way. There's one thing that you can say about this show, yes. which is this is not something we've seen before. No, I mean, th probably the closest thing you can compare it to is 24, but 24 was much more of an action film, and this is very much... Uh, sort of cerebral thriller where, you know, you're thinking through all the different options and really trying to figure out who's good and who's bad and who's crazy and who's not. Um, there's always something going on. It's riveting in its attention to detail, I guess I'd say. At some point, they have to resolve this question, right? They yes. have to have, because the, the central tension of the beginning of this series is um, who is the hero and who is the villain? Yes. And they give you some pretty big indicators. I wouldn't call them confirmations at the ends of episode one and episode two. And uh, that's nice because we're not going to spend all season wondering, well, is he or isn't he? We, we have a pretty good indication one way or the other. 
We're talking about the new fall TV season with the TV editors of the AV Club on the Sound of Young America. Um, Eric Adams, let's talk about one of the new comedies in NBC's lineup. Uh, It's Up All Night. It stars uh, Christina Applegate and Will Arnett as a couple with a young child, uh, as well as Maya Rudolph as uh, Christina Applegate's boss slash co-worker. She's sort of an Oprah-like figure. Um, a character that, that, as I understand it, actually was expanded significantly after the success of Bridesmaids, and they sort of realized that Maya Rudolph is really funny. Um, it, let's take a listen to a scene from the show. This is Will Arnett and Christina Applegate talking to the baby and uh, accidentally swearing a lot. Look at that. Look at her. She is so beautiful. It's beautiful. <sighs> Chris, you know what? We should probably cool it on the cussing. Right. Maybe did it again. Yeah, but she's asleep. She can't hear us. So I thought the tone of this show, which I I have been watching and enjoying, Eric, is really interesting in that it does a lot with the more grounded aesthetics of contemporary network television, single-camera comedy, but also has, you know... Maya Rudolph acting very hilarious and ridiculous. Yeah, and that's a that's an element of the show that I was a little concerned with to begin with. Uh, it it seemed like it was a bit of a tonal clash in the pilot, but it's kind of smoothing out a little bit as we've gone through the last uh, couple episodes. Christina Applegate is one of those uh, actresses who has been. I don't know what you would call it, modestly successful or slightly a failure, depending on your perspective, for so long, based on the fact that she is good enough to be in a comedy, but also very good looking, which is sort of like means that you can punch your ticket every year in pilot season, but it's hard to find a vehicle that will actually support your talent if you have that talent. And I feel like watching this show... She's really the star that shines. She's so warm and humane and also very funny on the show. Yes, definitely. And uh, it's, you know, so it's, it's good to see her finally getting a, a starring role that really uh, fits in that regard. And also just nice to see Will Arnett in a different kind of role. I think he's finally on a show that people outside of comedy nerd circles are enjoying. I, I want to go back to you, Todd, and ask you about Two Broke Girls. Um, this is a new sitcom on CBS. It uh, is set in Brooklyn, New York City. It's about two waitresses played by Kat Dennings, who is um, sort of a working class type lady, and Beth Bears, who is uh, formerly rich but no longer. Um, after her father was disgraced by a very topical Bernie Madoff-esque Ponzi scheme. And by very topical, I mean at least by the standards of network television, (laughs) which is to say topical roughly two years ago. Um, Let's take a listen to this scene with the two of them from uh, the pilot episode. Where's the paper? Martin Channing, the guy who ripped off the entire city, is your father. He told us we were having a good year. (laughs) You're Caroline Channing. You're like a billionaire. Was. Was a billionaire. They froze all our assets. Everything's gone. I only have what I could grab, and I grabbed all the wrong things. (laughs) 
So do you know the president? I've met him. He's hot. He's the president. Have you been to Switzerland? Yes. Do you have a horse? Yes. Do you know Paris Hilton? No, she's a hundred. <laughs> so CBS has not been a bastion of quality comedy. No, I, I mean, the, uh, <laughs> big, the Big Bang Theory has its fans and How I Met Your Mother it, it often turns out a terrific episode. But uh, in recent years, no. No, yeah, it has not been. So what is uh, what is it that you like about uh, this program, Todd? I want to caution everybody. Um, all the new comedies people are talking about this year have a lot of things to work out. And there, there's possibly no comedy I'm recommending that has more things to work out than Two Broke Girls. <laughs> I think the two women at the center of the show, though, are fantastic. I think as long as the show figures out how to build a show around them, it's going to be fine. But a lot of the stuff, a lot of the supporting characters, the setting, some of the jokes, frankly, are mediocre to terrible. Um, it's going to take a while for this show to come together. But I think Kat Dennings and Beth Bears are so much fun. I'm willing to watch every week to watch how they figure out how to build a show around them. This really seems like it has been uh, a season where there are, for once, female comedy stars allowed to lead shows and also be funny. I mean, a lot of TV female comedy leads in the past have been essentially put upon by the crazy antics of the men that surround them. Yes. Uh, and this this year, you know, we don't really we don't really have that. I mean, uh, all of these shows also have been hits, which is interesting. We haven't gotten to the male driven comedies yet. They haven't debuted, so we don't know how they'll do. But uh, this show has been a pretty big hit for CBS and uh, New Girl has been a big hit for Fox and Up All Night has done well for NBC. So it's just an interesting time to see these shows about women uh, being funny and seeing that, you know, they are very successful. Whereas in the past, a show like, say, Cougar Town, which is a very funny show and people always think I'm insane when I say that. <laughs> um, but, you know, that was a show that was kind of a cult hit and nobody was really paying attention to it. And and now it's nice to see these shows kind of break out and, and have people really embracing things like uh, Kat Dennings and Beth Bear's very warm and funny performances. Hey, Sound of Young America fans in the Los Angeles area. I hope you'll join us on Friday, October 14th for The Comedy Club with me and Jordan. Me and my friend Jordan Morris, co-host of Jordan Jesse Go, will be hosting an evening of comedy at the Ice House in Pasadena. Our headliner, Mr. Mark Marin from WTF, plus other friends of Jordan Jesse Go and MaximumFun.org. That's Friday, October 14th, this Friday, at the Ice House in Pasadena on Stage 2. You can find all the information and a ticket link on our website, MaximumFun.org. We'll see you there. Production of The Sound of Young America is supported in part by the menswear blog Put This On, presenting the Put This On Gentlemen's Association. Members receive a handmade pocket handkerchief in the mail every 60 days. Gift memberships available. Shipments begin December 1st with delivery before Christmas. More information at putthison.com. And by Ask Metafilter. Thousands of life's little questions answered. Online at ask.metafilter.com. We're talking about the new fall TV season with the TV editors of the AV Club on The Sound of Young America. Um, Eric Adams, let's talk about New Girl, since it was just mentioned. This show stars Zoe Deschanel, who to this point had been uh, a, a film actress, as uh, as a kind of goofus-type lady 
um, who's having a hard time getting her life together and ends up moving in with uh, three men. Um, what do you think? What do you think about this show, Eric? Uh, well, it it kind of started off as being very divisive. Uh, Zoe Deschanel, for for all of her uh, adorkable charms, as the uh, the advertising campaign for the series so memorably called them, <laughs> uh, she's she's a very polarizing figure. Uh, people either love her or hate her. Uh, she gets she gets a lot of flack for kind of being a one note flat actress. It's not doing a whole lot of new things in the single camera format, but as the episodes have gone on, it's kind of grown into that a little bit. The writers seem to be learning that they can pack more jokes into a single camera episode than they could of a multi-camera sitcom like uh, Two Broke Girls. Todd, I want to ask you about one of the most distinctive shows of the new fall season, a show that, that, from what I've heard, pulls off a singular tone that is rarely pulled off in episodic television. It's the show called American Horror Story. It's about a family that moves into a mansion in Los Angeles, but little do they know, dot, 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 the mansion is, dot, 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 haunted. This wallpaper is peeling over here. Looks like maybe there's a mural underneath it. The last owners probably covered it up. They were modernists. Speaking of the last owners... Full disclosure requires that I tell you about what happened to them. Oh, God. They didn't die in here or anything, did they? Yes, actually, both of them. Murder-suicide. I sold them the house, too. They were just the sweetest couple. You never know, I guess. That explains why it's half the price of every other house in the neighborhood, I guess. I do have a very nice mid-century ranch, but it's in the valley, and you're going to get a third of the house for twice the price. Right. Where did it happen? The basement. We'll take it. Is this thing actually scary? Basically, what would basically be an all-time first for the last 30 years of television? Um, it's very good at the kind of scare where, you know, you're in the basement and the cat jumps out. I mean, it's good at that. Um, unsettling, disturbing, not so much. I mean, it has a lot of, it has a lot of problems, but it's more ambitious and it's more... Uh, trying more things than any new show this year. This has been kind of a safe fall. And this is a show that is not afraid to fail, and it fails spectacularly. So <laughs> it's just it's interesting to watch someone trying this much and succeeding at some of it, but but you know, failing at other stuff so that it kind of all falls apart in the end. So you sort of you're saying that you have selected this one for its chutzpah as much as anything yeah. else. Yeah, I'm I, I really like shows that are ambitious. I like shows that try to do something new, and this definitely does it, but it's from the guys who made Glee, and the way I've been describing it to people is it's like they made Glee, but replaced the musical segments with shot-for-shot shot homages to horror films. <laughs> so it's kind of a weird mixture of camp and and trying to elicit terror, and it doesn't ever wholly work, but there are individual moments that are a lot of fun. Well, Todd, Eric, I sure appreciate you uh, taking the time to, uh, uh, to be on The Sound of Young America. It's always a pleasure to have you guys on the show. Great to be here. Thank you, Jesse. Todd Vanderwerf and Eric Adams are the TV editor and assistant TV editor, respectively, of the AV Club. They gave us their picks. You can find them online at our website, MaximumFun.org, and you can find their writing about television at one of our favorite websites, avclub.com. 